Welcome, my friends, to the Lifestyle Regular Podcast, a show about extra-large opinions from six regular-sized dudes. Today, we've got Michael, Ian, and Nick. How are you boys going? I'm well. Hey, man. Yeah, good. We're almost three months in, two months in from lockdown. How are you guys adjusting to life? Pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It's been all right. Considering it's kind of a new norm, hasn't it? Uh, two, you've been working from home for two weeks, uh, two months? For me, just over a month now. It's been four and a half. Because I've only been working from home for two weeks, so it feels like lockdown hasn't been that long for me yet. But after two weeks, I already hate it. <laughs> really? I definitely prefer the office, yeah. What, even the travel time? Because that's the worst part of it. Yeah, even travel time, even waking up early for the train, I, I still miss the office. I miss that like routine of going in. God damn. It, it's something else. Yeah, I don't miss my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know on email. My, my colleague is definitely better now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is something you guys learned this week? Who wants to start? Or I learned that crocheting is actually a lot easier than I thought it was. What'd you say? Crocheting. Crocheting. You mean knitting? Knitting. It's that that's knitting. When you putting the needle through the circle thing. Uh, there's no circle thing. It's just one stick with a hook on it, and then you sort of just weave that hook around with yarn. So Mandy's been getting into it, and it looks really complicated, but it's actually not not that. So are you trying your hand at it? So she's made she she's made me this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I, I see what you mean. And then she's also made uh, a whale. Oh wow. So this is yeah, really uh, like second or third day. So like, you know, this is what she can do after like like a day of practicing. So okay. Wow, that's really fun. good. Yeah. So yeah. what about after years? So have you done any? <clears throat> After New Year's. Have you done any? Not yet, but I'll probably try some this weekend just to see how it is. I heard it's really mindless, which is why old people do it. And they just talk shit <laughs> and just crochet, crochet on the side. <laughs> yeah, anyone else? Yeah, my learned something is similar. I learned that Taiwanese beef noodle soup isn't that hard to make. And it only takes like <laughs> max three hours. Unlike other soups that are all like 12 hours, 10 to 12 hours, this is only three hours and it still has those premium results but i guess everyone's just like trying new things yeah okay how how close did you get okay how close did you get to restaurant quality so i think that the taiwanese restaurants in sydney aren't good at all because i think my one's better than taiwanese restaurants in sydney (laughs) but like the restaurants in taiwan is up 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 here okay you see the difference that's taiwan like the the beef noodle soup in Taiwan is just so much better than anything you can get in Sydney. It doesn't even compare. And then the one I made, I reckon it's better than anything you can get in Sydney. Oh, so you're really right. It just, it just had so much more. Yeah, it had so much like depth of flavor because we added like a shit ton of different spices that you did. You didn't need them all because we just combined a bunch of different recipes. And then we got advice from a Taiwanese person. We got advice from Kevin Ma's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Tiffany. Uh, yeah, nice. that was good. I'll make it for you guys sometime. Nice. Yeah, keen. Nice. Keen. I feel like after this whole lockdown, everyone's just going to be master chefs. <laughs> yeah. Master chefs with new hobbies and shit. Yeah. 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 Nick will cro- crochet something like fancy and no, send I'm to still, us. I'm still cooking. And then we'll just... <laughs> Bought some new kitchen equipment. Very excited. Nice. I didn't interpret your question correctly. <laughs> Because everybody is coming out with skills, right? And I just came out with something. I just have a really, like, political yeah. opinion to share. My, my fun fact today, it was actually just today as well. Um, do you guys keep up with Korean politics? Obviously, a very niche topic. Okay. So, Moon Jae-in, he, he won by... Could be anyone. Uh, he won by a landslide uh, in today's election. And mm-hmm. the three years mm. prior to this, he was just failing. Like, he was um, 
he was trying to become closer to North Korea and that failed. He was trying to create more jobs and that failed. And there was even a recent scandal with his like finance finance minister and like a corruption scandal. And people don't care because he won by like the most like ever, not, not the most, but he run by a really huge margin. Wow. Uh, maybe due to the virus handling, but I don't know. So that's my fun fact for today. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think the virus thing would definitely have a big impact on that yeah. election. Don't you think that if the there wasn't like this disaster going on right now, it might have went a different way? Yeah, I think he would have been a. I thought he was already a lame duck, but apparently the Korean public think otherwise. And yeah, it's a full democracy there, so it's not compulsory to vote, but voter turnout was really really high. Mm. So that's surprising. So it was a you had to go in person yes. to yeah yeah that's right. Oh, in the midst of the virus lockdown, they just go in mass numbers. Mm. They extended the voting window and they had like more personnel to disinfect booths and stuff. So yeah, it was business as usual. Yeah, interesting. I, I would say that a lot of people voted for him because they don't want to see like a change of leadership during this time. Like you don't want someone learning the job as they're dealing with this, right? W- would that affect your guys' opinion if you're voting in, in that situation? I would vote ScoMo out. <laughs> I don't want him on. <laughs> so that's my opinion. What about you? I don't know about the other candidates. Like, all, the whole spotlight is on yeah. ScoMo. And I don't know. Albanese is untested, so we don't know. Yeah. But I do think ScoMo did handle the um, the shutdown and the coronavirus pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So, Agreed. Yeah, I think you're right, Michael. Mm. Uh, a lot of the public would vote for uh, ScoMo. But, yeah, handling yeah. that's because you're remembering the sweet part. You're not remembering all the bitter... All the bitter history before it, mm, the bushfires. bushfires, everything else. Of course, but I'm saying I'm saying that like most South Koreans, I'm just guessing would have that same effect where they just have that recency bias. Yeah, what a time to hold an election, man! Good strat. Yeah, good time to consolidate another term. <laughs> Did they just release a virus so he could like come back in power? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The one thing I learned this week was uh, how to make Peking duck wrappers. So my dad bought back a Peking duck and those things only cost $29, a whole duck, right? You can go to a Chinese barbecue shop, buy a whole duck for 29 bucks and they even give you their little sauce. Hmm. But we didn't get the wrappers this time because I thought I might, be, might just be able to make it. So usually they're around $5 for like 10 but to make them, it's literally just flour, hot water, and oil. Uh, it takes around, if you if you eliminate the resting time of around half an hour of actually cooking to make it. Mm. And it's actually almost exactly the same as what you get in the store. Mm-hmm. Super easy, super delicious. Uh, yeah, I like that brings us to the topic for this week which is the rise of vegan veganism and vegetarianism i think a lot of the public at the moment is really concerned about healthy healthy eating healthy living there's so many people going to the gyms more than ever now uh i guess before the before the shutdown i guess but uh this was kind of introduced to me first when I think we're at a Laos restaurant or something. I can't remember what, what we, where we were, but it was Michael, just after were, rock climbing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. After rock climbing, we went to this Laos place in Fairfield. Um, I don't know how it came up, but we t- started talking about Game Changers, the the documentary on Netflix, and there were so many big names that that are in that documentary, but that after watching it. I realized that there was many very convincing arguments that um, that it made on whether you should or shouldn't adopt a plant-based diet. 
So to name a few, um, of course, there's long-term health benefits. Uh, a lot of examples of sporting, improved sporting performance. And then there's a weird part about longer-lasting erections. So the test I did was pretty weird. I don't know. I don't know if it means anything, but it was pretty much like measuring. They put some sort of apparatus on these guys' penises when they were sleeping, and they're like kind of half off the bed. It was so weird. They're half off the bed, and just measured how long their erections last while they slept. Yeah, I don't know how, but, how that proves anything. But let's just clear that out. That I don't think that study was scientific at all. They they researched. I mean, they did the study on three people. You can't make any assumption based on three people, really. Mm. But it was a yeah. funny thing to share anyway. Yeah. Just wondering if you guys had seen that documentary before, apart from Michael. No, I haven't. That's have a no it? from me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, have you seen it? No, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I'll probably check it out. And you were actually talking to me recently, Nick, about um, the Beyond Burger. Was it Beyond Burger from Grilled? Uh, it's called the Beyond Burger, but the product itself is called Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat, yeah. Uh, which I guess is one of the latest innovations in vegan meats. Mm-hmm. And you were saying um, it was almost exactly the same taste as like a normal beef patty. Yeah. So, so you want to elaborate? Well, I was interested in trying it because... Well, we, we tried the vegan fish before um, when you were in Melbourne um, a few weeks ago. And that was already pretty good. As in, if someone didn't tell us it was it was actually, um, you know, plant-based fish, I couldn't really tell. A rat, in a burrito, in a, or like a wrap at least. But for this one, I was interested because um, I saw a video on it. And I'm just wondering how good it actually is now. Because I guess burgers is more, more popular than like, you know, fish wraps. So this would probably be more appealing to more people. So I tried it. Yeah. It was quite expensive for a burger. So I think it was 14 to $15 um, with cheese. And yeah, I looked at it and it looked exactly the same as a regular beef burger. Like I couldn't tell the difference. And when I bit into it, it was legitimately 95% of the actual beef burger. Maybe the taste of it wasn't as strong as um, like a normal, normally like, you know, grilled beef patty but it was yeah. pretty damn close like 95 percent, and it blew my mind like it actually completely blew my mind and i didn't realize how good it already was yeah and that the, i guess the negative stigma at the moment with with veganism and vegetarianism is the taste like you can never get the same sort of taste with vegetarian or vegan food as you get with meat which is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't move to that so oh, i can't i can't move away from <sighs> Uh, beef or I can't move away from, from I'm sorry the negative stigma is like the militant it's the militant followers who try to convert you over I think that's where most of it comes from not so much like the actual mm. choice you make I think that's why they're painted in a bad light it's like those people who just preach yeah preached street preachers yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah but, but yeah yeah, your your point was uh, it's hard to go vegan or vegetarian because of the food choices you have to make. Mm. I don't know how you can even get your hands on that Beyond Meat. Well, they sell it at Coles. It's $11 for two patties, which is quite expensive for any sort of patty. But Nick's right. It is one of the better plant-based patties. I would say second best. Behind? What's the best? Behind what? <laughs> uh, there's one at Woolworths, and I forget the name of the brand, so I can't plug it. But there's one at Woolworths, and they, it's like a similar sort of thing, just plant proteins, and they, but they spice it up with like Italian herbs. And it might not have the same exact texture as a beef patty, but it has better taste. So what are you eating for, like the texture or the taste? Has to be the taste. Yeah. Also, it's cheaper. It's only seven dollars for two patties. Okay. Are these okay. plant-based choices like a choice you make on economics or like ethics? Uh, any of you? For me, it's economics and health. Okay. If I bring lunch every day, then I I, w- I just try to spend as little as possible, <laughs> and then I spend a lot more money for dinner, and a beef burger. 
I mean, a veggie burger for me is really cheap to make. Bread is free, the patties are cheap, and they're regularly on sale because no, not that many people buy them. And yeah, I have free salad at work, so it's a very cheap lunch. Oh, okay. And yeah. there's a lot of health benefits to eating less meat. Okay. Which I'm sure we'll discuss more. So it's uh, it's as cheap as meat, or just about around the same that veggie patty you were talking uh, about. I would say it's cheaper. Okay. Than regular mm. regular beef patty, but it depends on the quality of the beef patty you buy, I guess. Mm. I think if you buy the patties pre-made, it might be cheaper. But if you consider like the actual, if you just bought mince or something, it would be significantly more expensive than like the raw like the raw ingredients. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the form, I guess. Mm. Uh, that kind of leads on to something else, which is one of the reasons why people move to a plant-based diet is because they want to reduce the environmental impact from growing, not growing, um, from farming meat. So with cows and all the, the, the whole process of getting, turning a, a live cow into a, uh, a meal patty. that has a lot of, yeah, into, into a patty that has a lot of uh, detrimental effects on the environment, like transport, the the uh, the machinery and all that stuff. If you had gone with I don't know a salad instead, there's less machinery I guess with cutting up a plant. Um, which is why I'm kind of surprised. Maybe with meat imitations, it will be more expensive for now. But going forward, if we mass produce that stuff, potentially it has the um, ability to be as cheap or if not cheaper than Normal, normal meat. I do know that Beyond Meat is a very hot stock at the moment. Uh, a lot of people looking to buy in because it's a very, it's a very new field at the moment. Um, not too long ago, they rolled out to all McDonald's in the US. But the problem now, uh, and then that same partnership uh, shut down because the problem now is that they don't have enough scale. They can't uh, produce fast enough. So, yes, that is the biggest mm. obstacle to substitute meats right now, meat substitutes. Mm. I feel like I should have asked this in the beginning. Like, How many of you guys have switched to uh, a plant-based diet or more of a plant-based diet? Because I personally have. Uh, I tried doing it one day a week where I just went vegetarian, and then I moved to two days a week. So I guess the question is, have you moved to uh, more of a plant-based diet? and maybe some of the reasons why you've done that. Okay, so I've, I try to eat meat only for dinner. So breakfast and, breakfast is easy not to eat meat. Like cereals, mm. toast, uh, I rarely ever ate meat beforehand. And then lunch, yeah, I try to avoid meat as much as possible. And I'll only eat meat for dinner because that's just what everyone's eating and I don't like to be too fussy about what's for dinner. So, yeah, and the reason why I'd done that was because of, at first it was just performance reasons. Uh, The more I looked into athletes, it seemed like it was good for performance, especially for long-distance running, to have more of a, just less meat in your diet. Not not necessarily just eating all plants, but just having less meat, because you still got to eat a lot of carbs and stuff. And then... The environment stuff uh, I've always known about, so it, that's just another benefit. But the main thing I've always thought about is performance. Okay. And that's why I've eaten less meat. So you're thinking from a runner's point of perspective, it's better to be lean. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I can't say about myself, I can't say much because I don't cook much for myself. But when I was in isolation, when I was fending for myself, um, I would just buy vegetables for myself because um, it's just what I prefer and it's cheaper and I have a better stool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, everything was just a plus. And I found that I didn't need to, there would be no urge to go eat meat. So, uh, so yep, economic reasons, um, environmental reasons, uh, and health reasons as well. So, yeah. Cool. Nick? So I'm pretty guilty that um, <laughs> I think I feel like I eat quite a bit of meat 
Um, I think it's something that I want. I think I, I kind of want to follow something what you did, Richard, and to try like one day and try to actually consciously not eat any meat. Um, and I think it'll be good for me in terms of just expanding, you know, my options. I actually just forced me to expand my, the scope of food I normally make. And I think that'll be good, like for my own interests, like cooking and also probably health benefits at some point. But haven't started doing that yet. Okay. Yeah. Is it because you can't move beyond the flavor of meat? No, that's not what I mean, but like you can't not do without it or? I think it's one of those things I'm used to because I sort of grew up eating meat at every meal. Um, and I do like the flavor of it as well. And it's, it's not, not saying that I don't like. It's just one of those things you're used to. Yeah, I think it's more like a lifestyle right? thing. To, to eat meat at every meal. Yeah, I think so. It is a really hard thing uh, to change, okay. just, especially because... Just habits. Yeah, yeah the, the habits when you grow up, you're, you're used to every meal having meat. And it's hard to think of meals that don't have meat, you know? Mm. So it can be hard to make that change. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I mentioned before that I did do the one day a week, two day a week trial. And again, from my, from my perspective, it's a mixture of all the things we just talked about. It's like the environmental effect, the health benefits. Uh, one of the big things from that Game Changers documentary was it kept name dropping a whole bunch of uh, celebrities and a whole bunch of sports people that were... Uh, moving towards a plant-based diet. So there was this really interesting one, Nate Diaz, uh, who was a vegan UFC fighter. This was really funny in the in the documentary. He beat uh, Conor McGregor, who was proudly saying he ate steak at every single meal. So he completely destroyed him in a fight. And that was a very strong, uh, that made a really strong case for me. I was like, damn, this guy could still stay strong with a plant-based diet. And then name dropped Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lewis Hamilton, Alex Hanold, um, the guy who climbed that massive wall. Okay. And then I recently learned that Novak Djokovic also has a plant-based diet. So in terms of a uh, athletic and performance point of view, it se- definitely seems like it's a really real thing to move towards a plant-based diet. And the, the most memorable, memorable quote from the documentary, which always stuck with me, was there was a guy who said, a gorilla will fuck you up in two seconds. And what does a gorilla eat? So it's like a rhetorical question. Okay. Are they, are they herbivores? Yeah, aren't gorillas herbivores? Aren't, aren't yeah. most apes? I think they sometimes uh, no, eat chimpanzees eat each other, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But actually, the diet's mainly plants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was really eye-opening. I was like, damn, I want to be like a gorilla, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to add? I think the general consensus is it's a real thing. People are moving towards a vegan and vegetarian uh, diet, even though it's not something that you can... St- I don't think I can strictly move to a completely plant-based diet. Let's let's talk about that being strictly vegan or vegetarian. Do you guys think that's a good thing? Because even though uh, out of the four of us, I, I would say that I'm probably the closest to being a vegetarian, but I would never be a full vegetarian. Like I would never just give up meat and not eat meat at all. And but what do you guys think about that? I think it's too hard. I I think I think. With a lot of things, it's got to be a balance, but the balance should be skewed more towards the plants than the meat. Yeah, uh, I think we all feel the same way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all want that freedom to have both, but yeah, uh, most of the other time, uh, yeah, vegetables it, will do. It should be it should be skewed more towards plant just for the environment. Yep. It's not sustainable for us to be producing this much meat at this cost. Mm. And I was just going to say, if you don't eat meat, then you lose like a lot of culture that's stuck in food. If you think about any culture, I would say that a lot of the dishes you know from it include some sort of meat or seafood. Mm -hmm. Oh, Then my next point hangs on really well to yours because I think the flavor in most food comes from, doesn't come from meat. It comes from like the herbs you use 
um, like especially in Vietnamese cooking, Thai cooking, it's what really sets those cuisines apart. And it's not the meat itself. It's just meat is just the body and meat just tastes like meat. Yeah. But all the wonderful flavors of cooking come from spices, herbs, yeah. whatever you throw in. So it's where the culture really is. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that, that is true. But I, I think if you take, like you said, the meat is the body. I think if you take away the body, it doesn't hold. Like you've heard of vegetarian pho uh-huh. and I don't think that holds up at all. <laughs> oh, okay. But I can think of so many other like, so many other like salads, like poor poor salad, and like, actually no, that's the only one I can think. Of. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is, all the flavor does come yeah. from, like yeah, yeah. the chilies, that's, like yeah, that's the peppers, that's true. onions, garlic, what? Yeah, garlic. Oh, garlic's so good. <laughs> Everything has garlic. Yeah, I got one more point to say, um, and it's really relevant to today's uh, coronavirus times. Um, all these like influenzas, like swine flu, bird flu, uh, and this recent coronavirus, they only came about because of the uh, large scale farming of animals, right? Or not so much this coronavirus, but like bird flu and swine flu, because um, mm. they're vectors for um, vectors for really um, infectious diseases. Uh, if if we if we didn't have these sort of um, large scale farming structures um, where animals were kept so close to each other, perhaps we wouldn't have as much um, uh, diseases as well. Uh, just a thought. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you said not coronavirus, but there's a theory that coronavirus comes from that wet market. With some sort of interaction with bats and pangolins, cross contamination mm-hmm. and whole bunch yeah. of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. My idea was more so the large scale farming of animals, like mm. chickens being kept in like cages mm. and pigs being like farmed in like towers, mm. like yeah. they are in China. It just makes the um, transmission of diseases very easy. Yeah. Yeah. If we if we were to get rid of all of that, we would. We could still produce meat and it'd just be better quality meat. It'd be more expensive for sure and you would eat it a lot less often. But when you did eat meat, it'd be just premium meat all the time. Like when you eat free-range beef. Exactly. Yeah, it's so, it's so much better. It's so, it's so good. Mm, agreed. And if we, if we need protein, there's just cheaper ways to make protein, mm. like soy. It's just soy is the most energy-efficient way to make protein. To get your proteins, it just is, yeah. and it it is by like um, by many, I don't know, just like many orders of magnitude, right? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because it takes like ten times oh, okay. the amount of energy you get from beef to produce the beef, right? Or even more, twelve times, right. depending on which measurements you look at. Even chickens, like seven or eight. So, and soy, I'm imagining, is like one or very low. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have this nice soybean plant. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> so, I was getting my um, protein powder, to, like delivery from my protein, right? So, this time I was experimenting on the snacks mm. and you can buy little samples, right? So, I was like, oh, yeah, there's some protein chips. So, apparently, they were uh, soy based. But in this tiny packet, I would say like your average chips packet uh, that you got in your recess lunchbox, mm-hmm. less than 30, like 30 grams total. Maybe, yeah, maybe 50, 50 grams. But in that 50 grams, 15 grams of it was protein. Just chips. Bro. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? That's ridiculous. <laughs> this chip, it tasted so good as well. It was sour cream and chili. I'm going to buy a whole like whole box next time. Damn. But, oh, okay. It tastes so good. And it's 15 grams of uh, protein. <laughs> Those soybeans yeah. doing like, a lot of heavy lifting. Dude, eat chips, yeah. get big. True. Do you really need to eat that much protein though? I don't know. Like, unless you're like a bodybuilder, do, do people generally need that much protein in the diet? I think generally no, right? Because I think, 
Your, what was the recommendation? I think um, there's some measurement for if you want to try to build muscle. But I feel like if you're just training in a sport or athletics, um, you probably wouldn't need to eat that amount because what would it really do? You're not really building muscle. You're training other things like your cardiovascular system and um, endurance or something. You're speaking from a runner's perspective, right? Yes, and just from like a general person. Because how like not everyone is lifting weights, and I feel like more people eat excess protein than they lift weights. You know, it's not equal. I thought protein was for more for recovery, right? Yeah, amino acids and such. Yeah, so you take protein, so then you recover quicker from your workout. No, no matter what it is, running um, thing. I don't know. We should probably get someone who's an expert on this <laughs> for their perspective next time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think your liver does work harder if you have uh, more proteins, right? Oh yeah, I've heard that. Because oh, that's what breaks it down. Yeah. Because mm. you, I, I guess your if you eat a lot of meat, it, your body works harder to digest it. So that's one case mm. for yeah. a plant-based diet. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hold back on those chips, bro. It's gonna kill my liver. No. <laughs> 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 uh, no Alright, so for our next segment on today's show, we're going to play a game called Back from the Grave. So what does this game involve? We'll just go around and mention maybe one or two things that have gone out of style or that just died over the, over the years and something that should come back. So I'll start. You guys in primary school, when you went to... Uh, the canteen. There's a few things I, I remember that they always had, that everyone had, that, uh, that everyone prized really highly. Uh, number one was, do you guys have those smileys, those potato smileys? Yeah. Mm. No, I don't know what they are. Sure. Dude, what are they? There's literally like a big chip in the shape of a smile. Anyway, those were like 20 cents. <laughs> like a hash Oh, cheap as hell. Yeah, they're like a hash brown. Oh, okay. Anyway, we should bring those back. Those were delicious. And then the other one was JJ's chips, man. JJ's was the was the best thing. Even had little toys inside where you can make like a little car. Oh man. Do they still sell those? I haven't they seen do. them in the shops recently. But they don't sell them at like Woolworths or Coles anymore. I feel like you'd have to go to a smaller convenience store to find them. Yeah. Oh actually that reminds me. We should bring back all those Little uh, Tarzos and stuff you get from chip packets. Those are so good, man. You guys play with those uh, Yu-Gi-Oh ones? Those Yu-Gi-Oh ones? I spent so much on those. Um, the metallics. Yeah, the metallic ones. gold ones and the silver ones. Dude, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Man. And opening up, yeah, and opening up like a French fries packet. Oh, yeah, and French fries. They're being guaranteed a gold one. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> French fries were the, was the worst tasting chip. Yeah, they taste so bad, but the tars, like the metallics, are so good. Dude, I still don't know how to play that game. Like, how did you even win? Do you just like hit? You put one on the ground. You're trying to flip it over or something, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't think anybody really played it. <laughs> Dude, I played that shit at pre uni all day, man. I won so many. I just won. I just really. won uh, Tarza. I think it was like White Wolf or some shit. Kept winning me so much good shit, man. That was my prize. No. <laughs> they, they banned they banned that at our primary school because like people would cry when they lose their Tarzos and shit. So, oh, <laughs> sorry. There's a Facebook group that I don't know if you guys are part of. It's called Rock Bottom, and they mainly talk about The Simpsons. But they kept yeah. everyone in that group kept pushing Smiths to bring back Tarzos, and it was eventually put on the news that so many people were bothering the company to bring Tarzos back. So, oh. yeah, very popular. Uh, the, the thing cool. uh, I was going to say was word art. Do you guys remember doing like a project and you use word art for the titles and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never seen anyone use word art in the past, like, I don't know, five, ten years. Like even kids these days, I don't even think use word art. They just have like yeah. underlined and bold headings. But word art was so cool. It made everything so much more exciting. And there was like 
16 different pans or whatever. The flames. Yeah. The flames, the rainbow. The, the iconic uh, uh, blue one. The blue, the blue one. bold one. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the blue one. Like yeah, the, the, the angle, angled one. The diagonal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. I actually... I actually have a word art story because um, oh, yeah. every every month in my workplace, like we celebrate. Um, uh, so for the month of May, yeah. these people have their birthdays in the month of May, and then we we get together and celebrate it all at one time. So somebody sends out an email, and so when it was my turn to organize it, I used word art for all their names. Yeah, and I guess. <laughs> I hope they got that same feeling that I felt about World Art. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Very nostalgic. Uh, do you guys remember getting uh, getting games and cereal boxes, those CDs? Like Age of Empires. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, we yeah. should bring those back. <laughs> I was so excited to get just open it in the morning, open a new box of cereal, and then just you know load up the game on the, on the computer in the morning. Yeah, Dude, games. On, just bring back CDs, Barry. Nowadays, you got to download like ninety gig games. On, on top of on top of the serial thing, did you guys ever get games from Pizza Hut or whatever it was? Pizza Hut, Fuck. one of the pizza places. I remember I got Need for Speed from there. <laughs> it was pretty good. I remember a good CD from a serial packet. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it was like um, what was it? It was like an album. It had Danny Minogue <laughs> on it and Disco Montag. Like it had these funky ass dance songs and I don't think I have it anymore, but I, I really loved it. Damn. <laughs> um, where did I, where did I cut out? Uh, you're picking up something from your desk and we didn't know what it was. Ah, uh, okay. So I was picking up something from my desk and it's a photo okay. album. Oh, true. Uh, yeah. Yep. So I thought, how nice would it be to bring back disposable cameras? Because, oh. because you have to develop them, and, um, and then you have physical photos to hold. And so I thought that was very nice, because um, all the photos I take, I don't know, I, I don't do anything with them. It just stays on my computer, it stays on my phone. So I still think the, uh, not disposable camera, but the film camera trend is coming back a lot of people are taking up film photography because i i think the appeal is you have to be very selective with what you take photos of because you only have uh, a certain number of yeah. shots you can so take each photo becomes quality when you can only yeah. take like 10 or something um, and even if you mess one up it's kind of like a cherished memory of how you fucked it up mm. yeah yeah i, I want to see the the fuck ups like it doesn't have to be a really good photo yeah. just like Something nice and something physical as well. Mm. That's what I really yeah, like true. about it. Yep. Photos are good gifts. Mm. Yeah, I had another one just for you guys. Did you guys ever play Neopets? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember so hard. <laughs> I, I got to turn off my webcam just to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even play that. Oh, I only played it for the mini games. Oh, so yeah, the good. mini games. Exactly, yeah. And would you go to the omelette every day to get some yes. food for your neo? <laughs> 100%. And did you go to Jelly Mountain for yeah. the jelly? Oh, man. So good. Uh, good. I miss my pet. <laughs> it's long dead. They'd be very hungry. Today on Round the Campfire with the boys, we've got a story from Michael. Hopefully, it's a very inspirational story of how Fat Michael became Marathon Michael. And I guess it's on the theme of today of health and, and veganism and vegetarianism. So, uh, Michael, uh, would you like to start us off? Yeah. So, I was never that sporty as a kid. I tried a lot of different sports, swimming and tennis, but I was never great at anything and I never made it into zone. And... After high school, I got pretty fat. I was around 87 kilos at my heaviest. So this was really overweight. Can we have your weight now for reference? Oh, well, I'm actually still pretty heavy now since of uh, 
locked down. I'm like 78 right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're back, right? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to do except eat these days. So, you know. Um, yeah. So I was really overweight and I was watching How I Met Your Mother. And in season two, episode 15, there's an episode where Marshall is fat. And then he decides to run the New York City Marathon to lose weight. Uh, I was watching that episode and I thought, okay, I am going to run a marathon to lose weight. And I thought at the time that Sydney to Surf was a marathon because it was the biggest race in Sydney. And I assumed that any big running race had to be a marathon. So I tried that in 2014 and I did pretty terrible. I did one hour, 47 minutes for 14 Ks. And the, I was sore for a week. I was, so, I was sore for a week. But I had a really good time. It was really good energy from the event. So I decided to come back the next year. And I did a little better, maybe like one hour, 37, 38. So still not great. And then I, I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to keep going. And so in 2015, I got braces and I started to lose weight. And then... I realized that I could run a lot faster since I wasn't carrying so much excess weight. And the next time I did see the surf, I dropped it down to one hour, 10 minutes, I think. And that's I thought, wow, that's, that's a huge improvement. And that's only a few minutes behind Joseph, who has been running since high, like high school. Early high school. I've always known, for as long as I've known him, I've known him as like a long distance runner. So I thought, wow, if I train just a little bit harder, I could take this guy in a race. And so. (laughs) Just for context, Joseph is one of our uh, friends from high school. And like Michael said, he was a, he was just known to be in our group, I guess the the best runner. And he was in little, little athletics um, he was in all those events, uh, long distance, short distance, all of them. Yeah. And then I guess it was a surprise to everyone when Fat Michael suddenly got super close to um, Little Athletics Joseph. Yeah. It, in fact, he he had been running Sea to Surf since 2008. I actually went back and stalked through his history of the race <laughs> to find his personal best time That's to know neat. what time to beat. Yeah. Uh, I was running pretty religiously. I would drive all the way to Bay Run at Leichhardt, which is a 40 to an hour drive from my house, and run 7Ks whenever I could. After tutoring at like 8 p.m., I'd go for a run. After Star Wars The Force Awakens, a midnight screening, we we finished the movie at like 3.30, and I'm like, hey, guys, let's go Bay Run and do do a lap. And I just dragged (laughs) like half of you to go as well. Yeah, I still remember that. That was a a good time. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the next race we did was a 10k, and that, this was the first time we were going to go head to head, and he wasn't sick because the last year to surf he was sick, so it didn't really count. And then that's the first time I beat him, and it was like it was pretty close, maybe like I beat him by a minute or something. So it was, and that felt really good. And from then on, I was like, okay, well, since I've beaten him once, now I can't lose to him again. So from then, I just kept trying to train and be better. I, I pushed it up to half marathons and a full marathon now. I've done two of those. So next step would be to move to 100Ks, which I plan to do when the lockdown finishes. Mm. And a world record at some point. Yeah, and... Every, and I did a marathon overseas. So now uh, when I went to South Africa, and I, don't, I can't imagine traveling and not doing a race now. So if I ever go anywhere, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'd want to go there during this time because there's this marathon on or something. That's a, That was actually the craziest thing. Like we just summited Mount Kilimanjaro, like 5,900 meters above sea level. And then literally the, two days afterwards, Mike was down in South Africa running a marathon with a whole bunch of black people. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, I, it was crazy because I we spent almost like twenty hours on a plane the day after Kilimanjaro, just traveling because mm. we had to catch three different flights to get from Tanzania oh, yeah, down yeah. to Cape Town, 
And so I, I got to the hotel at about 1.30 a.m. And the race started at 6 a.m. So I had maybe like two or three hours of sleep. And I got, I got, I had to walk two Ks to the start of the race from the hotel. And I get to the start and I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, my legs are pretty sore, but I have a marathon to do. It was, it's a really nice way to see the city. And I actually improved my time that time. So it was really good. The people of Cape Town are very friendly and they all came out to cheer you on and they give you like potatoes and candy and oranges and stuff. It was very After nice. the race? Well, yeah. Potatoes after the like, race. After race no, during the race. During the race, they're just standing <laughs> on the street. There was this one guy who just had a big bowl of, a big pot of potatoes, just like uh, boiled potatoes. You could just take a half. Can you, Extra carbs. Can you, can you tell me about your racing mentality? Like you just finished like climbing a mountain. You didn't even yeah. want to like go a little bit lighter, like, oh, I've already done a lot. Why don't I just relax with this race? So the day, the like tw- 10 hours before I ran my race, Joseph's sister ran a marathon in Sydney and she did it in four hours, 32 minutes. And the last time I ma- ran a marathon, it was in five hours and three minutes. Although to be fair, I walked most of that marathon because Joseph hit the wall and he couldn't continue <laughs> at a good pace anymore. So I just walked with it. So I knew I could definitely do better than five hours. And I was like, well, she just did it in four hours, 32 or something. So if I do it now, 10, 10 hours later in less than that time, then I can say that I'm faster than her at this point in time. Even though it's not the same exact race, I still have the handicap of Kilimanjaro too. So I just went, I just went as hard as I could for that day. And I did pretty well. I didn't really hit the wall until like maybe 38, 39 Ks running at a decent pace. Just wanted to get under four hours 30. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up getting like four hours 28. It's very good. Very very good. I I raced a guy at the very end who was sprinting. So I saw him sprinting and then I sprinted past him and then he sprinted past me and he he beat me in the end for... At, during that sprint at the end, but I beat him overall because I started at the very back. So <laughs> we, became, we became friends on Strava. So it was really cool. He was a really nice guy. That's cool. Yeah. It's like jokes on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually funny as well. Yeah. Can you tell me about Peak Michael? Like, what was Peak Michael like? Like, as it, obviously, in, now you're not in peak shape, but. I say so. My peak would probably be 2018, 2018 Cedar Surf, which I did in 63 minutes, 64 minutes, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was training pretty hard, try, just not even doing uh, structured training, just trying, just trying to run as much as I can, doing like seven k's on the weekends and smaller, like five k's during the week. But I, I just had that. I had a good diet, and I just had that strong mentality. Like I, I want, I want to win this race no matter what. And at that point, I had really gotten into uh, like running shoes and just the best, uh, the best running gear for everything. And to, to top it off, for that race, I bet Joseph a hundred dollars on the winner. So either he was going to pay me a hundred, or I was going to pay him a hundred. So that that was extra incentive, which is which is what I always need. <laughs> Very nice. So that's only four years from Fat Mike. Yeah, yeah, and that that was the race where I started behind him because I came late with Jane. So he was already he was already uh, closer to the front of the pack, which is better because there's not as much like jostling around. So I, I don't know how far ahead he is, and I don't know how fast he's running. But I think around 6Ks in the race, I see him up ahead because I think he was wearing an EY singlet oh, yeah. to represent his yeah. company. And I see him up in the, I see him up in the front and, I'm, and, I'm, and I think to myself, if he sees me overtake him, then he'll try to keep up with me and then sprint past me. And I know he's got a faster sprint because he's been doing sprints and little athletics for so long. So what I do is I use the crowd to sneakily overtake him so he doesn't see me. <laughs> I, I make sure that there's always some people in his line of sight so he doesn't <laughs> see. And then by the end, I beat him by like 
two or three minutes. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that maneuver has become famous within our group. It's it's so yeah. it's so funny. Was it the same time that you wore a different colored shirt, or was that another time? Yes, yes. So for that whole for that year, I had been trying to run as many races as I could to get as many medals as I could. And I ended up getting, I think, twenty medals that year. And in in all the photos I took, I was I was wearing the same blue singlet. So Joseph was expecting me to wear that blue singlet, but I had just bought a new singlet like two weeks before to match my shoes, and he didn't see this bright pink color coming up like he didn't expect me to be wearing a bright pink singlet but oh, totally man. worth it oh, yeah. so and that was also the race where at the end when i was sprinting i just happened to run past his sister as well and she sees <laughs> she comes up to me after the race and she was like oh you just sprinted past me at the end and i still have that video because it was so good <laughs> oh so good oh, so satisfying <laughs> i was trying to say like Michael rises, Joseph falls. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny because like he's now in this slump, right? Or is he's in this running slump? And um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And he and his sister too. And it's really at longer distance. It's, it becomes like a mental game because everyone becomes like a similar level of fitness, but it's just how how much pain you can tolerate and how much you can push yourself as well Ooh. and michael can tolerate a lot of pain yeah it's enjoyable okay so that's pretty much it for this week uh we'll finish it off with maybe a a, a vegan or vegetarian recipe of the week um just to keep on theme so michael you have a, a chickpea curry that you I've heard. Yeah, you so I have about. a very simple chickpea curry. It, it's only uh, like five to ten ingredients that cost less than ten dollars, like a can of tomatoes, a can of chickpeas, and a bunch of different spices. And it tastes really delicious with rice, and it's very good for you. And you could eat a lot of it. It's it's very good. Nice. Sounds and delicious. Me, I like I like um, mapo tofu. You can have it with meat if you want, but if you don't, um, you don't need to add the meat in. And yeah, it's, it's a recipe that we can post up at some point on, on the social medias. But that's my vegetarian recipe of the week. Nick, what about you? Um, I do like – I have a chickpea recipe too. Oh, shit. Uh, wait, sorry, guys. i got to go. Um, I bought a lot of chicken for dinner and uh, it just escaped. All right, catch you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Nick, well, Nick tries to catch his, uh, catch his dinner tonight. We'll finish it off there. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week on Lifestyle Regulars Podcast. See you guys. Signing off. All right.